Mastering Business Intuition with Eric Samdahl. Dive into an exclusive interview with strategist Eric Samdahl exploring the intuition effect, the role of intuition in business, and the ISOP method methodology for growth. Discover perspectives on entrepreneurship, challenges for women, and strategies for inclusivity. Plus, fun personal anecdotes from Eric himself. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me introduce our guest to you today. Eric is a recognized entrepreneur, business mentor, author, and most importantly, an advocate for the power of intuition in business, who's reshaping the modern entrepreneurial paradigm. He has played a pivotal role in steering numerous SMEs to success during the most challenging times, like the 2008-2009 recession. He's been in the trenches with businesses from Shark Tank, has championed social impact organizations, and has uplifted emerging CPG brands. With over three decades in the field, Eric's diverse experience ranges from e-commerce to creating high-profit strategies for businesses. His unwavering commitment to leveling the playing field for women in business positions him as an influencer and change maker. Please help me welcome Eric. Hey, April. Hi, Eric. <laughs> I'm, I'm blessed and so glad to have you here. Please tell me, sir, did I say your name right? I want to make sure that we're getting that correct for the audience. Yes. Perfect. Yep. You did great. Most people don't. I have, so good job. Awesome. <laughs> I have a tongue twister of a day today, so we're going to make sure that I get something right. Now, it is such an honor to have you on the show. You have a vast uh, array of history with all of your experience. So let's give a moment to share with the audience a little bit more about you. Thanks. Well, where do I where do I start? A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Is that how we want to start this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> because I, I feel like that sometimes. But no, it's, you know, I'm honored to be here. And I think that one of the things that I've been able to do over these years of experience is just understanding and asking better questions. And I really, um, you know, kind of got my start in, in business at a very, very early age at 12 and was able to um, be the youngest paper boy. You know, yes, I'm going to say paper boy um, mm. with the St. Paul Pioneer Press back when I was 12. And that was really the, kind of the catalyst that started me down this journey of business because I was fascinated by the fact that it's like, look, I you know have to do accounts receivable. I have to do accounts payable. And even though it was only one vendor, I only had to do accounts payable. I had to grow my business. 
So all of these little things that um, I learned along the way have been a um, stepping stone into the things that I've been able to do um, with the businesses that I've been able to help and run myself. So it's been a it's been a fun and exciting journey, and it's not over yet. So there's plenty of things we need that are left to do, and I'm looking forward to doing it more. So yeah, thanks. You're welcome. Well, one of the things I appreciate about you, Eric, is that you have experience with boots on the ground, so to speak. You've really had your hands involved in so many things where you get a bigger and better perspective in order to help those around you. I think that there's a great importance there when we have this knowledge and experience in so many different levels uh, in business to where you really are able to give some better feedback, some better advice, lead in a more profound way. Absolutely. No, I mean, it's very true. And I had this kind of, it's funny we're having this conversation because I had this conversation earlier today. You know, when we're in business, it's, we're so close to our own companies that it's very difficult for us to see around what's going on. And I'm, I'm blessed by the fact that I can and quite literally see the matrix for people's businesses. I can pull it apart and like, oh, look, here's one thing here and there's another thing over here and there's another thing right there. That, you know, we can vastly change how the business is run, how the business performs, all of those types of things, plus being able to like actually like put the action plan in place. Strategy is only is only good when actually put the plan in place and start executing. That's when the change really happens. And I think it's I think it's monumental for businesses that, you know, we'll talk a little bit about intuition as well. And I'll kind of dive into it right here. Intuition has been kind of a key leader for me in how um, I look at strategy, how I look at business. Just being able to lean into that and not have to wait on data is so, so important. And, you know, I've, I've developed my own methodology behind it. And there's, a, there's another book coming out. Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> this will be uh, your third book. Is that correct? Second. Just two. Second. Okay. Yeah, just two. Um, and, the, and the first book was is one of the things that I use in my business. I'm like, okay, I'm going to create this tool for everybody. And but I'm going to, I've got the next book coming out here probably towards the end of the year. But yeah, I mean, it's just, we've got to be able to really um, step back and have somebody else look at your business because that's where the biggest growth opportunities are is somebody else looking at it from a, from a different perspective. So, Oh, yeah. well, a hundred percent. I think that it's very easy to get so self-consumed where we have this very narrowed vision of business and we can't get the big picture. And it often more often than not, that's why we have coaches that why we have, we hire people to really give us that outside perspective. They've have more involvement and education and experience in those sort of things where they can step outside of it. And it's not so much of the emotional aspect of business as well. When it's our baby, it's our baby. And it can tend to be very emotional. Now, something that I find really interesting, Eric, about you is your choice of wordings with intuition. And in, you know, I, I don't feel like too many people utilize that terminology. I love it personally. Mm -hmm. But was there a time when you used different terminology in the beginning, you know, based on people maybe not accepting or having a understanding of that? 
you know, it, it took me a long minute to kind of figure out how I did what I did. Um, and then I just started looking around and like, what do I really, how do I really do this? And, you know, there was a number of, of milestones in the road. Um, and one of them where kind of this whole thing came to light was I had um, a client that said, I'm going to live in the data. And I'm like, oh, but that's not really what we want to do. That's not how business is really done. We use data and there's no, nothing wrong with that, but it's really about creating that connection because we're people buying from people at the mm. end of the day. And so we've got to have that human connection and how do we do this? You know, intuition, it lives with us. It goes with us every day. We don't have to go, you know, call on it. It's there. It's just a matter of how do we open it up and actually utilize it in order to make better decisions, faster decisions, and, and quite frankly, in business, get farther down the road. And that's really what it's about. We're, our businesses are out there. You're out there able to change people's lives. You're out there to influence them to be able to think bigger and do better things. Same thing here. I mean, we're kind of both doing the same thing. How do we really get there? And it's really around leaning into your intuition and how to understand how easy it is to do that. Yeah, so so often there's a a personal story behind the why we show up. Was there something that was really profound for you, something that hit in life to where you had an understanding of why you wanted to show up this way? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, yeah, it's I think it's really around helping them, helping more people. And, you know, I've seen so many um, businesses, I won't say struggle, but just they're, they could get there faster. And I, I really want to help people do really great things. There's so many fantastic businesses that are out there. They're doing really cool things. It's just like, how do we get that in front of more people and affect them and be able to change their lives as well? Whether it's um, cash, whether it's safety, whether it is, um, a, a product, you know, there's so many great things that are out there. Just how do we get that out in front of people? And this is, this was kind of became my calling. I'm like, look, I do this all the time. I love doing this. I love helping people create businesses and do business and think about business. Why can't, why can't we have fun doing this? And this is one of, you know, one of my mantras is fun stuff with cool people. Mm. And really what it, what really boils down to is like, why wouldn't you want to? And we get so stuck in a lot of cases in so many different ways. It's like, no, don't do that. Let's do it this way. Have you thought about doing this? And so it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. I love this, you know? <laughs> so Eric, do you have a story that's either for, based off yourself or another business that really inspired you? Because you, you're obviously very, very passionate about helping launch people to do the things and be exposed to the world in the best possible way for success. Now, were you involved with or were, did you see some company where either they failed to launch something incredibly important or they did, and it inspired you to say, we need more of this. So I think one of the things that really, um, one of the businesses that I was involved with um, was back in Colorado is a um, fastener company. And that was one of the runs that I was talking about that um, we took through the 2008, 2009 um, 
recession, if you will. And one of the things that we learned we were doing this, we basically had, we had almost 40 people. We went down to nine people. Mm -hmm. And just kind of, I won't say circle the wagons, but we got back to what the core business was because we had branched into a bunch of different things. And what we did is we took it really, but then we took it even bigger when we came out of that. And that was kind of the light bulb moment. It's like, look, if we can do this, and we did this in a very um, conscientious way, we didn't want to have to let a bunch of people go. And we waited as long as we possibly could in order to do that. Um, because we know it affects lives. And mm. by being able to do that and then coming out of that and seeing the massive growth that came from it by getting back to the core business. And this is, you know, we're all talking, it's like, oh, you got to have 17 different things going on. It's like, when it's important, start with your core and then start to build on that. And how do you mm. get to the core? And that's kind of what, you know, what has brought me to where I am now is being able to utilize that and like where this is the thing we we're kind of talking about what are the things and this is i encourage everybody else that's doing a bunch of stuff it's like what's your one core item that you know so well you can go back and forth in your sleep and know what it is and be able to talk about it and change people's lives with that one item yeah. what is that thing for you and that's you know i've i've had so many businesses that I've helped and we've done that with, it's like, what's the thing? And then sometimes it's just an obvious thing. And I'll, you know, I'll give you another little fun little story. So I was helping a, a CPG brand. And for those of you who don't know, it's consumer product, consumer packaged goods. So it's stuff you buy in like grocery stores and that kind of thing. So she had this one really cool, um, she had a really wonderful website. We were talking about customer acquisition and she wanted to actually go in and um, spend money on Facebook ads. And as we were talking, I said, look, I said, I really think that you need to, or, you know, have a coupon code or something. She's like, well, I can offer 10%. I said, I know you offer 10%, but I think you really need to offer 20%. And her average ticket was like 10 bucks or um, was like 50 bucks. And I said, okay, so that's going to cost you $10. So in order to acquire that customer, it's going to cost you $10. Now you want to, we were talking about one world Facebook ads. I said, look, right now, Facebook ads your customer acquisition cost is about 50 or $60. And you don't own that customer. Facebook still owns that customer until you get them in. So it seems to me like it would be much easier to offer a $10 customer acquisition cost as opposed to a $50 customer acquisition cost. She's like, oh, I never thought about it like that. And so just being able to bring a different perspective around that yeah. is so monumental and that's it's like one of the what's the one of the easy things it's like grabbing emails because then guess what you can market to them left and right you own that customer now and guess what if it costs you 10 bucks cost you 10 bucks is that sort of your perspective on being overly data driven right and this is where we get into you know you look at a customer acquisition cost lifetime value you know roas you can get all of those things but at the end of the day, I and mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier, was we do business with human beings. I'm mm. buying something from you, April. You're buying something from me. Right. And we, we try to eliminate or I won't say degrade, but kind of degrade the fact that we're actually buying from humans. We get so right. enamored in like, oh, there's all of these KPIs. And like, why are we chasing KPIs? Really? Did that make you feel good? Yes, it made me feel good. You know, think yeah. about all of the brands that do it really, really well, all the companies that do it really well. 
you know, Starbucks, you can like or not like the coffee, but it's always a pleasant experience when you go into Starbucks. And so mm-hmm. what are those, how do you want to be felt or how do you want to be, you know, people make you feel that's so important. And what does that touch point have to look like? We get, you know, I've talked a lot about customer journey and it's just like how, what are the touch points that you have going along here in order to for make people make you, help you make people feel good? I can't use my words this afternoon. That's okay. Eric, what is one of your favorite examples or experiences when you've really integrated that human to human touch where it's, you know, brings in more of the compassionate and emotional um, transitions of business? Oh, um, let's see. Let me see if I can give you a good example here. The, um, there's, uh, I'm trying to think, I got two or three of them here. Let me pound through. Um, so one of the one, one of the ones that I did was actually, um, was actually that same client I was talking about earlier. Just being able to talk to them. Um, she had a really cool shop that, um, she had a great experience around them and it was just really fun to see once she could uh, able to bring, bring them in on the, um, in the email list, we created not a number of touch points, but not too many. Because typically what I've seen in a lot of places where there's, I don't know about you, but I get hundreds of emails a day. Yes. Like, how many touch points do you really need? Yeah. If you're, creating, if you're creating that instance where it's like, Oh, you just got to tee it up right. And one of the things that I like to use is if I send you an email, please read it because it'll be something that's going to be useful as opposed to, and I'm, and I tee it up and I say, look, I'm not going to send you an email every day, but when mm. I do send one, please take a moment to open it and read it because it's something of value that I want to share with you. Mm. And just having that. And that's what we did with hers as well as like, look, just be very nice in the touch point. Because all it does is it's like, oh, you respect my time and you're not just sending me stuff to send me stuff. And the data has shown it's like, oh, well, if you send seven or eight or nine things, then all of a sudden, you know, one of those things, you're going to sell something. Well, why don't you make an impactful one and somebody actually buys it? I mean, just think about how you buy things. I mean, this is the whole thing. It's like there's so yeah. many opportunities when you go out and buy something you're on somebody's email list. How many times do you get hit? You get hit once a day. Most of yeah. the people I do don't because mm-hmm. of the fact that they're not creating that, that touch point to where they actually like pull you in. I'm like, Ooh, I need to buy Well, our decisions are emotionally stemmed. Yep. Yep. And when we, when we go to buy, purchase, do business with, we do have to be touched on an emotional level level. It has to activate mm-hmm. that part of us where we have a desire to seek it, to have it, to do the business with. And so, yes, absolutely. And I would, I I know that when we as business owners, entrepreneurs, um, large business, even doing a, you know, this is good for having the transaction on a day-to-day basis with your interactions with family and people. It's the same sort of uh, reciprocal content, right? Of how we interact with people on a day in and day out basis. But it really does help on an overall perspective 
of one's emotional well-being in whole. Because if we're having positive interactions with our clients and we're getting business and they're loving what they're receiving, it just brings so much more overall wellness to us all. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it, you know, that wellness, it's, you know, I'm going to take you, take us on a little bit of tangent here. And I was just, I was thinking about another story that I um, just heard, you know, as you know, Bed Bath & Beyond um, went through bankruptcy. And that yeah. was one of the, um, one of the cool brands that I really enjoyed um, because it was always kind of fun there. And it, I found it interesting the, and the story around the um, overstock.com bought their assets. And one of the things that I, you know, you need to, I feel you need to look at in business is like, how can I leverage myself, my business? That was a super smart play for Overstock because they're an online retail. Now they got physical yeah. retail, and that brand, Bed Bath and Beyond, is a much better name than Overstock.com, much better brand, um, because originally when they started, that was literally what they were doing was Overstock, and then they started branching into it. So the my point around this whole thing is is like are there brands that you can partner with are there other companies that you can acquire mm. that help you in a place where you might lack something so and it was interesting because overstock's valuation um went from about 60 million to 600 million on just that one announcement so the wow. brand just blew up yeah. And so it's it's really around looking around and seeing other things that you may not even consider as a possibility. A lot of people wouldn't think about that, but that's an impactful way of considering how you do business. Is what are the things that you can't you can't see, but could be like a holy smokes, this could really change the way I'm doing things. Yeah, I think that definitely is vitally important to really start branching out and what what is in alignment with you i think that a fail system is when you feel like you are doing business alone or you choose to do business alone we we don't even do that as human beings or it's not good for us right that community piece is vital to our overall well-being and so it is in business too and being able to utilize people around us, other businesses that really align with what we're doing is, is a key thing, I would say. Absolutely. I mean, community, as you, as you know, we, we're not on this planet by ourselves. And as, as business people, we get into this thing where we're so, especially entrepreneurship, where we're so focused on business and how, but how do we actually like keep that, we call it a balance of that interaction. I love doing things with other people. And this is where you have an opportunity with strategic partners. It's like, what else can we do? How else can we build something in order to make it better for both of us? But we get into a place in a lot of cases where we just think it's all about us as opposed to, well, what if we did something with somebody else to be able to grow that business, to be able to, to learn, you know, surround, you know, I surround myself with a lot of smart people. I want to, my point is, I want to be the dumbest person in the room. Right. Because then I can learn stuff. I remember as a kid when I was, um, I was taking up golf, my friends thought I was nuts because I wanted to play with all the better players. Well, those, those guys are so good. I'm like, no, no, no. 
I want to learn from them. Yeah. And I think that when we take it, we take a learning mentality, see what they do, how they do this. And this is what's so important about business. It it's all kind of been done before in, in one way, shape, or form. But how do we how do we apply it to us and how do we apply it in our business? And so literally look around you, you might have somebody that's super smart that all you've got to do is raise your hand and say, Hey, I got some questions about this. I mean, I just reached out earlier to a friend of mine about some SEO stuff. I'm like, Hey, I need to understand some SEO stuff. I don't know it all. And a lot of that is, is, is just being vulnerable and open to the fact that you don't know it all and you don't have to know it all. And I think that that's something that, you know, I've struggled with my business at times, but I've also seen so many entrepreneurs do that as well. It's like the minute they say, you know, raise their hand, I'm like, Ooh, I don't know how to do this. Then all of a sudden great things really happen. Yeah, absolutely. I think really informing that strong network of people that you can bounce ideas off of each other and really lift each other as you climb you know, and you scale your business. And that's the point. Now, Eric, you touched on a piece earlier where you had really learned so much during the 2008-2009 time period of when we weren't doing so well as, as a whole. And I would love to know in your opinion, you know, if we're there now, I feel that I see a lot of that. And what is your idea and perspective on, you know, the people who are kind of entering into entrepreneurship or they're struggling to survive in their business that they already have? Well, one of the things, and we just came out of the pandemic, and that was kind of one of the big correctors of of the world. And it, when I when we were in the pandemic, I reached out to a lot of my entrepreneurial friends and I said, hey, what are you doing to survive? There's a lot of companies that were that were going under left and right, but there's other ones that survived, thrived and really started doing some amazing things. They started breaking number records. They started getting more customers. Um, I'll tell one one little story about um, a business that uh, it's a called smoothie shop. Sorry. They're at mom and pop. They had three locations um, in the Austin market. And one of the cool things that they did was they're like, how do I do this? And how do I survive? And how to make this better? Mm. They figured out how to do curbside service um, where you could call up or order online and they would bring it out. They didn't have that capability before. But the other cool thing was, is that if you remember during the pandemic, and, and this is what it, I'll, I'll wrap this in a bow here in a second here, but give me just a second to, to finish the story. The um, one of the things that they did was they got the produce from their providers. And if you remember during the pandemic, um, one of the things that we that really struggled with was being able to get food from the grocery store. Yeah. And so what they did was they took and sold a box, a, you know, paper ring box of fresh produce. Carrots, potatoes, mm-hmm. da, 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 all the stuff that they could get were 30 bucks. Yeah. They got creative. And so this is this is my point is right now, when the economy is not doing what you want to do, what can you do differently? Mm. What you've been learning or what you've done in order to change that? And it could be just one thing. 
but I think that there's just, you know, it's not even just like, what can you do, but then actually do it and try it. And like you were talking about earlier, April, like reach out to your network. You don't have to tell them everything. It's like, hey, I need somebody that can talk to me about this, about SEO, about yeah, anything, social media marketing, whatever it is. Absolutely. I think that it's the people who really are innovative and they branch out. And, and there are so many examples. Uh, I mean, Blockbuster is one of the older examples I like to use, mm -hmm. you know, where they didn't want to innovate and transition into a digital space. And they could have, and that name brand would have survived and lived forever and ever, right? And <laughs> well, they, they could have been Netflix. Yeah. I, I mean, they had options, opportunity to, to do that. And so it's a choice and really utilizing that creative aspect of ourselves. And yeah, like you said, it's that, that social network that we create to mm -hmm. get ideas on how can we support one another and how can we grow? And there are so many stories of the places that I found really were doing that and, and surviving during the pandemic. I could name the restaurants that really did that and the same example that you utilized where they created boxes for purchase for people that weren't able to get out and get the resources that they needed. And it was this beautiful piece that people did in order to survive for their for themselves mm -hmm. and get paid for and also really be this exceptional resource for those around them. Right. Well, and that's what it is. It's, you know, sharing your knowledge um, with other people as well. It's so important to, if you learn something, to give that back, pay that forward um, in order to help people. And this is, I think, hopefully, I think now that we've gotten through the pandemic and I know, you know, the economy right now is not as, as stable as everybody would like it to be. But once again, it's like, you know, how are you being creative? Not necessarily in your business, but in your life as well. How are you creating different relationships? How are you really going out there and and giving back? Because I think ultimately that's really what I love doing is I like give, love love giving back and sharing my knowledge. So, well, I want to hear more about this. We're going to move into our first commercial, and when we come back, I I want to dive a little bit deeper into that because I think that this is. A, a very incredible time in human history where we are offered opportunity to do just that. So stay tuned. Our lives were never the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. 
Are you a practitioner or a coach listening to this? If so, I would love to ask you, do you use hypnotherapy in your practice working with clients? And if not, would you like to? The power of hypnotherapy is limitless. And so often we experience our clients struggling to reach their goals. It's because they're coming up against their own brick walls and getting stuck. But you can help them through the power of hypnosis, break through all of that, working with their unconscious mind to put the suggestions in, to have them taking the action to achieve the results that they want. They are thrilled with your coaching techniques. They're getting the results they want. You feel amazing because you are helping your client get the results they want. It's a win-win. And another win is that it's an added revenue stream for you in your business. So if you like the feel of helping your clients get the results they want, if you like the sound of that, then definitely reach out Melissa at yourguidedhealthjourney.com or click the link tree link below for my unlimited power of hypnosis class to learn more. It's a weekend designation program that I teach valid in 42 countries. You write an exam after taking the experiential course and you can be admitted to the American Board of Hypnotherapy and start using hypnotherapy one-to-one -one with your clients and have them achieving the results they want. So you can learn more about that course in the description below. And if you want to hang out with Manly and I, we will be there too. So find out more about that. And Eric, back to you. I want to talk more about, you know, businesses now stepping into entrepreneurship. I think that that is really a hot topic. I think there, there's a lot of transition with that right now. And, and I, I know that I am seeing a lot of that in my world around me with stories and people who are highly considering the next step. And so what would you say to somebody who is in that very new beginning, they've never done it before, what words of wisdom and insight would you have for them right off the bat? Find people who've done it before. It, it's, it's, I won't say it's hard. It's just different. Um, you know, if you're coming out of a corporate situation, if you're just wanting to start a business on, on the side, you've got to really, um, I mean, now is such a great time to do this. And I think the fact that people are actually considering and actually doing this is so powerful. I think mm. we're going to look back here in the next five to 10 years, and there's going to be some big, massive businesses that have come out of this pandemic or around this pandemic that are going to blow our doors off. I mean, you know, who would have ever thought that, you know, Tesla would be where it's at? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so many things that are starting out. Uh, there's so many incubators that are out there. There's so many great places, resources. It's just finding what that is. Um, but really, the biggest thing is that it's got to wake you up in the morning. Mm. Your business has to wake you up in the morning. If you're waiting for an alarm clock to wake you up, the business, it's not big enough. It's not the right thing. Um, <laughs> and I've talked to a number of people. I've actually talked to um, a person started the business. And quite frankly, I told her, I said, this is not the business for you. And she thought I was crazy. I'm like, you're doing it for an income stream. Mm. If you're not tied to your business to where you want to make it massive or change the world in a way, and that could be massive as well, 
Mm. Business for you. Really, at the end of the day, it needs to wake you up at once. It needs to keep you up at night. You know, some nights I don't go to bed till 11, 12 o'clock. I'm sure you do the same thing, right, folks? Uh, more like 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, everybody's lured by the fact that it's like, oh, well, you know, you get to, you know, pick your own hours. You don't have to do this. I'm like, yeah, but if you're up till midnight, one o'clock in the morning, is that going to, you need to have that ability to be able to do that or the desire. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to have the flexibility and be able to work wherever you want to. But it's also, if you're doing it for an income stream, don't start. I mean, yeah. seriously, don't start. Well, and don't necessarily expect that. I like to say that overnight success takes 10 years. You Absolutely. know, so uh, really, I, I think one of the best words of wisdom that was given to me is, you know, plan on it as a, a seven-year goal and and don't expect the, the fruits of the labor you know, and so you're right. It has to really be big enough. And while you're building, if you have to supplement the income in the meantime, then figure that out because, yeah. and know that no matter what, with anything, if you continue to do it, eventually something's going to come out of it. Right. Absolutely. And so I think that that is really wonderful, very, you know, easily said it has to wake you up in the morning. You have to have the desire to want to get out of bed in the morning. I've been talking a lot about uh, the blue zones because I've been studying them for many years now, but Netflix just came out with, um, with a buy with, with a show that's, I think it's how to live to a hundred, but basically it's based on those blue zones. But one of the, the things to living a long life is to have the thing that wakes you up, the, the desire to live your life and feel the purpose. Well, yeah. And, and here's the other thing to think about as well. So, you know, a lot of times when people get jobs and I'll just relate that to that because, you know, there's a transition and we're starting to see a transition out. So when you got that job, you were super excited. You wanted to do all of the things and make it great. And I'm going to change this. and I'm going to change that. That's the same thing you need for your business. If you're going to start a business, it's got to do that to you. It's not, I just need another paycheck. It's got to do this because like you said, it's a seven year, 10 year project in order to get something really successful. Yeah, you see all yeah. these, I mean, you look at, you can look, pick them. Elon Musk, um, Bezos, all of those people that have done these big, massive businesses, they've been working on it for 15, 20 years. Yes, They're yes. not an overnight success. Yes, they got major, major shot up, upshot, but they weren't an overnight success. You yeah. know, Bezos yeah. started out in his garage selling books. A lot of people forget that. Yeah. 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 It can be done. This is the whole point. It can be done. Absolutely. But he was. He was possessed in being the best online retailer in the world. And now he is, whether you like it or not, he's the best. <laughs> whether you like it or not. Yeah. Right. Every corner, right? Yeah. At least here where I'm at, man, they're popping up all over the place. Yeah. Well, I love, I really appreciate about you, Eric, that you are so bold to really tell somebody you're not doing the thing that you're going to succeed at. And, and I just, I really appreciate that transparency in your leading and coaching others. 
Well, I think it, I think it's important to be because how are you doing somebody a service if you see this and say, hmm, this doesn't feel right for you. I don't mm. see the fire in it. Is this really the right thing for you? It doesn't look like it to me because it's, and, you know, that's the kind of the wake up call that, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people need just to be able to like, oh, crap, maybe I need to look at this again. And it takes, as an entrepreneur, it takes you a couple minutes to like, but wait, this is, I've started this and I've done this and there's all these other things that have gone into it, but it doesn't, yeah. if it doesn't wake you up, if it doesn't, if it doesn't rock your world, why would you do it? I mean, that's why you hang out with people you hang out with because they're fun and they're, you know, provide something. If your business isn't doing that and all it's doing is providing you an income, what's the point? Right. So let's shed a little more light on the intuition piece of that, because I know that so much of that stems from how we come up with a thing that we want to wake up for. Yeah. And, and a lot of it, you know, this was back to um, pandemic world. When I was talking to all these entrepreneurs, they got creative. So how can you get creative? Um, you know, you're, you're talking about longevity. I love to talk about longevity. I've talked to you hours about that. So, um, but it's really about number one, get some good sleep. Mm. I mean, if you're not getting seven, eight, nine hours a night and yeah, you know, you're up till two, I'm up until, you know, midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning, but we don't do that every day. Right. Um, you know, create the space for yourself, um, to be, um, be creative, really. And you think about, you know, I'm sure you've had the same thing. It's like you're in the shower and you all of a sudden you come up with this crazy great idea. That's your intuition talking to you. Or you just solve a problem in there. That's the same thing. You, your brain slows down. We keep pushing stuff in our brains every day, social media and emails and think about all the stuff, family, et cetera, et cetera. Give yourself the opportunity to have some downtime. You know, I park an hour for myself each morning where it's just me, where I get to meditate. Meditation, if you've never done it, oh my gosh. And I know you do, Nicole. So um, if you've never done it, you need to. Um, I was a huge skeptic, huge skeptic. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I found was, um, oh, God, I can't think of the, I can see the guy's face. Um, you wrote the book Meditation for Skeptics. And Dan Harris, there we go. I knew I'd come up with it. <laughs> That's where I started because I was a huge skeptic. I'm like, is this really going to work? Yeah. But now I'm a firm believer and do that pretty much every day now. And well, let's talk a little bit about that. What? How did you start in that, Eric? Because there are many people that are skeptics. And, you know, really, honestly, it's recent in my life, too, where mm-hmm. I finally was able to figure out how to calm myself down enough to really allow and surrender to that, that, that quiet, that peace to letting go. And, you know, I, I've known about it for a very long time with breathing techniques. I learned it in Mm -hmm. law enforcement. You know, you have to be able to slow the heart rate down and the breath down in order to function properly and respond as necessary. And meditation brings us there too. And when we're living in the world of constant stress and chaos, that's what creates disease and ill health. And so when we learn how to do that, it is so beneficial beyond means. And it awakens that creative self 
within. So tell me, how did you start with that? Was it, did you listen to something that was walking you through it? Did you just put a timer on your clock and sit with yourself for a while and just be consistent with it? What was it like for you? Um, it sucked to be, to be perfectly honest, because I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I was brand new at it. I'm like, okay, is this what I'm supposed to do? And so, yes, I used um, an app. It's called 10% Happier. And I'm like, all right, I'm just a friend of mine recommended it. And I think that that was kind of the easy way into it for me. And I started really small. I started for like 10 minutes because I just mm -hmm. didn't know. I'm like, okay, is this right? Is this not right? What am I supposed to feel? Um, but just having those minutes to not have a bunch of stuff going on around you and being distracted by all of the things, um, I think is so important. And just having that ability to stop, uh, you think about it, it's like, you know, you've got so many things going on. It's like, just stop. I just need a minute for myself. Mm. We need to be protective of our brain. And that's one of the ways to do that. If you want to get to the higher levels of living, that's one of the things that is so important, at least for me anyway, is being able to do those things to say, I need that time. And, you know, when I go, um, when I'm doing heads down work where I just want to like super concentrate, the other things I can tell you, turn off your notifications, set the phone in the other room, just yeah. be able to do that. And even if it's for 20 minutes, yeah, you just got to do heads down work where you need to be in it, creative, that type of thing. Because I, you know, I got email things that can go off on all the time. But when something like this, or I turn that stuff off, yeah. you know, my phone's in another part of the room, et cetera, et cetera, when I want to be focused. And that's one of the other things that I will, one of the things I've learned about meditation is to be more present in the room. Mm. Yeah. It's, just, it's been super powerful for me to be able to do that. And it takes a minute. It's not going to be overnight, but right. that's, I think meditation, we don't, I don't think we put a lot of credence in it for a long time, but we're now starting to see scientific research behind it to mm -hmm. support how good it is for you and just being able to do those things. And that's, I mean, it's so powerful. You understand because you get it. I mean, it took you a minute to do it too, but just start slow. I mean, that's the easiest thing. Yeah. Just find slow find and consistent. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the one of the biggest things I highlight on this show is that things take time. I mean, if we consider we're habitual creatures and we have been doing the same thing over and over and over for our entire lives, likely, right? And so it's it's not going to happen right away. You have to be gentle with yourself. It does take some time and you must have that grace and compassion to yourself as you move through it and you will get there to the other side eventually. And so Eric, I love that you do those things for yourself. I mean, it really paints a big picture on how you really maintain and walk the walk. Right. And so some of those things are really important. Now, I want to ask you a little bit. I'm going to put this up on the screen. So this is your website, and I loved the what it what it meant. And so I'm going to let you share that with the audience. Yeah. So the name of my company is GHSD Group, and the GHSD, and yes, I'm going to say get hard shit done. 
Yeah. That's what it's about. And, and you made a point earlier, and I, I appreciate you sending, showing the, the, the website address as well. But I think it, that's what we're here to do is we're trying to, we've been at a certain place in our lives, and now we're trying to move to a different place. Mm. It can be hard. It's breaking those habits that you were talking about earlier. But you made one comment in there that has changed the way I look at things is giving myself grace. Yeah. Because you can't do it overnight. You can't do it all. But giving yourself grace as well as others. Um, if you're having a conversation with somebody and it's a little bit intuitively like ooh, they're a little bit off, but give them the grace because you don't know. And I've had that conversation a lot. I'm like, well, this so-and-so said this, that, I'm like, did you ask them what was going on? Right. It's not their normal way, right? So did you ask them what's going on? And just having that grace really to be, um, to be there, number one, for them, but, be the, but also to be curious. Yeah. If that's not normal, intuitively, you just, you just know that it's not right. But like, how, how do you move beyond that? Or how do you get into that a little bit deeper? It's like, how, you know, there's something going on here that I don't know about. Makes me think of seek first to understand, then to be understood. Exactly. And yeah, absolutely. It's easy to, to, to judge, to miscalculate what one's true intentions are. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that that is a big aspect of us overall as human beings, because when we allow ourselves to get flustered over little things or other people's mm -hmm. Um, experiences or actions, you know, we all have the choice on how we respond to mm -hmm. things and to our external world. And it, it just makes such a huge difference in how we are internally and how we appear externally to those exactly. around us. Yeah, it does. And it's, it, you make a really great point around that. It's, um, you know, you're talking about seek first to understand and then be understood. There's a separation there that we get to choose on how we feel, come across, whatever we got. But we have a tendency, and I used to do this a lot, and I've got to, I still got to catch myself at times. It's like, oh, well, I want this. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Let's understand that we need to maybe ask a question about what's important here. And mm -hmm. how do I choose to show up in the world? How do I choose to react to this? We have the opportunity. You know, you get some bad news. You can choose to be pissed off about it. You can choose to be happy about it. You can choose to, but it's the questions that you're asking yourself around. It. It's like, why am I like this? Yeah. What, why am I feeling like this? Oh, am I, is this the reason I'm upset about this? Or is there another reason I'm upset about this? But just taking that little step back is so powerful. It is. And that's, it is. And that's what meditation taught me right there is being able to do that. Just take that step back. Now tell me a little bit about, because your, your first book, which I also love the title of. And so I think <laughs> that, you know, it really grasps people's attention when you have titles such as these, but the, um, you're the author of, it's not just a journal or adult coloring book. So tell us more about that. Um, because it's both. <laughs> <laughs> and that's then that's the so this was the tool that I've I use in a lot of my 
with a, I work with a lot of people about this. So it it's a, it's a journal basically. It's a, it's six minutes a day. So it's three minutes in the morning, three minutes in the evening, and it's just a, it talks about gratitude. What are you grateful for? Um, and we were talking about grace earlier, and I'll talk a little bit about gratitude right now. Um, one of the things that that has helped me in my practice of gratitude is to be specific. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm thankful for my health. Well, what about mm. your health? Yeah. Oh, the fact that, you know, I've suffered from gout. Oh, I haven't had gout in three years. Okay, great. So what are the things, what specifically are you helpful? Oh, I'm, I'm, help, I'm grateful because it's a sunny day. Well, why is that? Well, because that means I can go outside and, and have a walk today as opposed to it's been raining outside, whatever that mm. is. And so within the book, there's um, seven days of, of um, journaling, and then there's an opportunity to do some adult coloring. And the whole purpose of doing this is like giving you the opportunity to actually do some coloring because that creates, you know, what colors are you going to use? Are you going to use pencil? Are you going to use reds? Are you going to use greens? It's all up to you. But that gives you Hitting that, your creative. Yeah, it gets your brain to slow down a little bit and like yeah. really dive into some really cool things. And so it's like being in the shower, but you're not in the shower, you know, because that's the easy one to do. So, yeah. Yeah. I think there's something really fun about being an adult and going into the uh, the color section or the uh, arts and crafts section mm -hmm. and picking out some brightly colored, colored pencils or crayons or markers or whatever is your flavor. And, you know, there's just a joy in that. I don't think that we offer ourselves that kind of play too often. I think it's rare. And so I like that you do that. What made you provide something for people for both morning and night? Was there a reason behind that? Yeah. So I think the more often we are, can get into a place of gratitude and recognizing the things that are around us, the more, um, more opportunity we get to be creative, the more opportunity we have to actually engage with the people in our lives and actually be in, in their life. Um, because of what I found with myself was I wouldn't necessarily be um, completely in the conversation. I have things going on around me and I'd be putting my attention over here and over there. But by allowing this in the morning and in the evening, we both have an opportunity right there to frame your day mm. around it. It's literally three minutes in the morning, three minutes in the evening. That's such a massive change that is really easy to do. And the cool thing about it is with the coloring stuff, it's a business book. So people don't necessarily know what you're doing. So if you're like afraid, <laughs> of people, like, oh my God, you, this dude's coloring or she's coloring. <laughs> It's in a business book. It's not like you're pulling out a coloring book. It's in a business book. So, yeah. Uh, and so that was that was kind of the impetus for doing that whole thing. But it's um, that because I'm not one to make a huge, massive journal. But if I can do it for three minutes in the morning, three minutes in the evening, I can find that time and mm. just get started. And I mean, you get it. You you know, breaking habits or changing habits is a slow process. And yes. if you've got little bite-sized thing, bite things, then it becomes really easy to do. Eric, you're really bringing in the social, intellectual, physical aspects 
as a whole in both the personal and the business side of life. And I think that is so important for us to be able to touch on all of those levels and everything that we do. So thank you so much for doing the things that you do. What are the things that you offer? What's next for you? How do people find out more and maybe work with you? Follow me on LinkedIn. That's the easiest thing. Reach out to me at, at GHSD Group. Um, it's Eric at GHSDGroup.com. LinkedIn's are great. Um, I've got a lot of things. I'm, um, uh, I started another business with uh, three other friends that uh, were supporting women founders and women in business. So that's really fun too. So if you're a women, woman founder, come check us out at Zadassi.com. That's also, if you look at my LinkedIn, it's in there as well. But, you know, what's next? I just want to help change the world. And, yeah. you know, there's just so much, there's so much opportunity for us out there and just a matter of like being curious around it. Like, what does this look like? And how do we, how do we live longer so that we can do that? <laughs> <laughs> we have to live longer in order to do that. That is true. Mm -hmm. yep. The health so. is, is vital to that for sure. And that is why we share those aspects on the show because we want to be able to provide you know, incredible resources and have everybody share their gifts. I mean, that's the only way that we're really going to be able to evolve is by first starting with ourselves and learning how to do that because we're not taught that in school. I mean, especially in the U.S., we're really not given the tools and techniques of how how this life is is ran. I mean, it's it's difficult. We all know this. And the bumps and the ups and the downs will come. It's inevitable. And so how do we best navigate that when it comes? No, it's, I, I think you're, you're spot on with that. I think that it's, you know, if we can help the younger people, it took me 40 plus years in order to kind yeah. of like get connected to this. Like, why did it take so long? Why, why isn't this stuff taught in school? Why can't we learn this at an earlier age and be able to do this? There's no reason why. It's just, yeah. we've got to have number one, curiosity around it. Number two, somebody says, hey, you know what? You can look at this differently. Um, because as you know, here's a whole nother conversation. I mean, society shapes how we think about things. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, absolutely. why do we have to do that? We can, we just have to be curious around it. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I think really when we're, it, it, understanding is where it begins, right? Mm -hmm. When we start to understand that it is the, the environment that we've been given that's around us that doesn't necessarily support overall well-being and health and enlightenment, you know, it's it's those things when we first have an understanding and acknowledge that and then seeking to understand more, right? And we used that earlier. Yeah. No, it's been, I mean, it's so, and so I'll take that, I'll take that and say yes. And it's, for me, the big thing was like curiosity behind it and just being able to ask the question, like, why is it like that? And I'd gotten away from that. This was your kid, man. It's like, oh, yeah, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And you're curious and you go try stuff. Why do we stop doing that as adults? I mean, just think about that for a minute. Why do you why do you stop being curious as a kid from, a you know, as you become an adult? Let's be curious as, as adults. 
and we move away from that. At least, I mean, I did, and I know a lot of my friends have done that same thing. And like, once we started getting curious around it, it's like, oh, this is more fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think a fun way to, to kind of travel back into childhood is to think about what were the things that really you were so excited about. You couldn't mm -hmm. sleep when you were a kid because the next day was going to be so much excitement, like Christmas or going to the zoo or visiting your uncle or whatever it was that really was the most exciting thing. You couldn't sleep and then you finally fell asleep and then you wake up in the morning and you remember, oh my gosh, today's the day. And so getting back to those, that excitement and those roots is, mm -hmm. I think, really where it's at. Absolutely. I mean, that's... You know, that's where this all of this comes from. It's like we get, you know, think about you as an adult. Where were the things that you got super excited? You know, was it a trip you were going to go on? Is it, you know, um, people you're going to meet up with you haven't seen in a long time? Why can't we live this all the time? Why are we living in a place of um, just contentment, if you will, as, as opposed to excitement? I mean, why would you want to live contently? Why would you want to live excitedly? I mean, that's the, that's why we're put on this earth is to have some fun too. And it's not just going to work and not just driving your business. It's having fun. And yeah. that's where, for me, it's been super, super important to include more fun in my life. Well, thank you so much for inspiring others to do just that, Eric. And so as we come to a close, I want to, again, make sure that everybody knows where to find you. The website is www.ghsdgroup.com. That stands for Get Shit Done Group. And you can also find that in the description below. And so, Eric, what else do you want to say to the audience today? It's been such a joy to have you. Oh, thanks, April. It's been it's been wonderful to just spend some time with you and just really hang out and, and have a great conversation. The big one of the big things is like get connected to your why and go do some really crazy cool stuff. Once you get connected to that, it's amazing the things that you can accomplish and live in the world of possibility because anything is possible. You just need to be able to figure out how to do it. The how is hard, isn't hard because there's plenty of people that have already done it. It's just a matter of dreaming it and creating the opportunity for possibility in your brain. So it's been great to be here. April. I've had such a great time. You're welcome. Well, it really has been lovely to have you. Thank you so much, Eric. And can't wait to learn more about the second book that's coming out into the world and all of the things that you are creating. So thank you so much for that beautiful message of resilience and for creating really awesome, fun things in our lives. So Thank you so much again for being on the show. And I want to say thank you so much for those of you who have tuned in and for all of your support. Goodbye for now, and we will see you later.